Hey, welcome to the Steamboat Christian Center podcast, where our greatest goal is to love God and love people. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us on social media or at steamboat.church. We're so glad you joined us today. Let's jump into this week's message. Hey, Christian Center. Glad to have you again with us. Um, We are continuing a new series that we started last week called Dis-Ease. Now, you might remember I mentioned that over the last few months, uh, with all the craziness in the world, um, I personally noticed that there is a low level of of stress and uh, maybe even anxiousness and and possibly even a little depression that's starting to uh, grow inside of me. Um, and the best way that I can describe it is, is that there is an uneasiness in my soul. There is a dis-ease in my soul. And maybe you feel the same way and you can empathize with that. And, and, and it's a strange thing because here we have this disease that is growing around on the outside world. But at the same time, there is a disease that is growing on the inside of our souls. And I would suggest to you that neither one of them should be ignored. See, um, here's the thing. Many people think that, uh, that human beings, that we are just bodies that happen to have a soul. But the Bible teaches it differently. The Bible tells us that when you and I die, these bodies die, but our souls live on forever. In fact, when God created Adam in the beginning there in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says this. Look, it says this. It says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God made a body, he breathed into that body, but when that happened, man became a soul. The point I'm trying to make is that we are not just bodies that happen to have a soul. It's the opposite. We are souls that just happen to have a body. Now, you may be asking, why does this matter? Why are you bringing this up? Well, because I've noticed that a lot of people put a lot of energy and a lot of time into caring for these bodies, but they completely ignore what's going on in their souls. And I have a feeling that a lot of people's souls are sick right now. Um, you, uh, when I grew up, uh, I grew up in Craig, Colorado. I share that often. And um, both of my parents smoke cigarettes. As far as I know, that's the only thing they smoke. But they both smoke cigarettes, and I'm really happy to report that both of them have stopped. But, but back then, it just seemed like everyone smoked, and so that didn't really bother me much. But one year, I remember coming home from college, uh, freshman year, and I walked into my house, and it occurred to me, this house smells horrible. And I'm like, what is going on, and why has that happened? And I realized that all of the secondhand smoke that was in that house was just filled. It was thick, and pretty soon, I, I just literally became sick to my stomach. But the interesting thing is, is that after a few days, um, I didn't even notice it anymore. I I, I mean, I just basically, uh, I was so used to it, it didn't bother me. Well, a few months later, I went back to college in the fall, and when I walked into my dorm room, I remember my my roommate going, dude, you stink. (laughs) I'm like, "What, what are you talking about? He's like, man, you smell just like cigarettes. You smell like smoke. And so I started sniffing myself and smelling my clothes and my bags, and he was right. I realized he was right, and for the first time, 
I realized that I had been walking around my whole life smelling like cigarettes. I'm like, man, what has that done to me? I mean, no wonder I can't get a date. That was the excuse. But anyway, no wonder I can't get a date. I smell like cigarettes. And, and I realized that for 18 years of my life, I had been ingesting secondhand smoke. And it was infecting me in ways that I didn't even, even know. In the same way, I wonder how many of us have been unknowingly ingesting the poison and the toxicity that our world has been blowing into our faces over the last few months. And I'm, and I'm wondering and I'm worried that many of us, many of our souls are sick. And so here's the thing I want to talk to you about this. Over the next few weeks, I want to talk to you and I want to do some soul care with you. I want to look at our souls. I want to, I want to look at these diseases that are out there that are distressing and depressing our souls. For example, next week, I want to look at the heavy soul. I sense that there are a lot of people that are walking around and they, they've got a smile on their face. But, but man, on the inside, their souls are very, very heavy. They're, 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 they're worried, they're anxious, they're fearful, and their souls are very, very heavy. The following week, I want to look at the tortured soul. I think most of us know somebody that has one of these, that, that they're tortured by the things that they've done in their past. Or they're tortured by the lies that they believe about themselves. And so I want to look at that. But today, I want to talk about the curse of the restless soul. The curse of the restless soul. Some of you are like, what's that about? Well, let me go back to a story in, the, in Genesis. You might remember back in Genesis in the beginning, these two brothers, these guys named Cain and Abel. They were brothers. And uh, Cain became jealous of Abel's sacrifice because God accepted it and didn't accept his. And what did he do? He went and killed his brother Abel. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 11, we see an interesting statement. Look at what God said to Cain after this happened. He said, now you are under a curse and you are driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And so from now on, when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you and you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. A restless wanderer. Wanderer, what is that? I think we all kind of maybe know somebody that maybe this would describe, that their heart is restless. Let me write this down. Here he is. A restless soul is always searching, but never finding. They're always looking for something, and it just, they can never attain it, and they seem like they're never, never able to find what they're looking for. They are, a restless soul is also interested in everything, but satisfied by nothing. They just get into all these different things because it's just there and it's in front of them. But at the end, it just doesn't satisfy. A third thing that a restless soul is, does this is that a restless soul trades busyness for peace. That they work and they work and they work to cover up the fact that they, their heart is anxious. That they are tense. That they're spun out, right? Anxious, uh, restless souls, my, their minds are always turning. Their minds are always going. They can't sleep at night. I don't know about you, but uh, I know that with all this bad news that we've been receiving and all the uncertainty that's going on in the world, my mind is on high alert. And it is constantly racing, especially when I go to bed at night. And it's hard for me to shut it down. And so subsequently, I'm falling asleep later at night. And when I wake up in the morning... I feel completely worn out. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 2, Solomon describes this restless wanderer. Look at this in verse 22. He says, what does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? What are we getting for all this busyness that we're doing? He says this, all his day's work is pain and grief. Even at night, his mind is not at rest. I wonder... I wonder that in these difficult times that we're going through, if that might describe some of you, if that's where your heart is. And if so, my friend, you have a restless soul. But God doesn't want any of us to live that way. God doesn't want us to live that way. Look at this. In, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, one of my favorite statements that Jesus ever said, he said this. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Wow. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I am humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. See, you and I, we all know that we need rest for our bodies. And if we don't get rest, we break down or we get sick. But I would suggest to you that our souls need rest this is what Jesus is saying. Come to me and I will give rest for your souls. Now the question begs, where do we find rest for our souls? Well, I know that what I'm about to say is going to sound like a, a typical preacher answer, but, but it's true. And that is this. Write this down. Our souls find rest in God alone. The only place that our soul will ever find peace and find rest is in God Psalm 62, verse 1, David said this. He said, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from only him. See, our souls, the, the parts of us that are going to live on forever, our souls, the, the essence of who we truly are, can only find rest in our creator, in God. That's the only way. I love how St. Augustine put it. He said this. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. That anxiety that you're feeling, that, that, that anxiousness that you're having right now, it will not be uh, taken care of until you find yourself in God's arms. I believe that. In other words, there's no person there's no thing, there's no hobby, there's no vacation, there's no experience, there's no amount of money that will give your soul rest. There's nothing outside of God that'll bring rest to our souls. Now, if you believe that, then the next question that you might be asking is, well, if rest comes from God, how do I find rest in God? How do I do that? What, 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 what does that mean? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Because scripture gives us three simple steps to find rest in God. And I want to just suggest to you today that if you will put these things into practice, if you will do these things on a regular basis, what will happen is, is that you will vaccinate yourself against the disease that says go, 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 and do, 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 and run, run, run until you're worn out completely. And you will find rest for your souls if you'll do these three very simple things. Write these down. Number one, how do we find rest? Number one, be still before God. Be still before God. Psalms 46 verse 10, the psalmist says, Be still and know that I am God. 
Now I want you to, I want to point out the obvious here. Notice he didn't say, be busy and know that I'm God. He didn't say, be worried and know that I'm God. He said, be still and you will know that I'm God. There is something about stillness that makes you and I more aware of God in our life. There's something about slowing down and that we begin to understand that God is maybe closer than we think. Why is that? Well, I think that sometimes our busyness is a sign of our self-reliance. The fact that we're going and going and going, it's kind of a signal to God that, hey, we don't need you or we don't trust you or we don't believe that you'll take care of us, so we gotta do it ourselves. But when you and I sit still, when we cause ourselves to sit down and be still before God, I believe it is a sign to him that we are putting our trust in him. And when we do that, his presence comes in like a flood. We sense his presence like never before. Psalms 131 verse 1 says this, But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. I love that idea, this picture of, of a mother holding a child who is sleeping peacefully in her arms, not screaming and kicking and whining. The child has been fed, it is happy, it is content, it is peaceful. What a beautiful picture that is of when we have rest in God. Is that how your soul looks right now? Is it at peace? Is it at rest? Or is it aggravated and agitated and hungry for more? Have you ever, have you ever been around a kid that wouldn't sit still? You ever been around one of those kids? Some of you are like, I'm married to a kid that won't sit still. Yes, I know what you're talking about. But I mean, you know them. They're just all, and I know this is true for me, that when my kids are running around and bouncing off the walls and just going and going and going, sometimes I'll just say to them, would you guys just sit down and sit still for five minutes? Just five minutes, right? I wonder, I wonder that maybe we need to do the same thing with our souls, that we need to say the same thing to our souls when it's running around and anxious and freaking out that we need to say, why don't you just sit still for five minutes and be still and be still. I'll tell you, um, if you're struggling with a restless soul, if you're not sleeping at night, if your mind is taking over and running you to places you don't want to go, I want to encourage you to try this little practice for one week. I challenge you, tomorrow morning, I want you to get up and I want you to take five minutes, just five minutes, and do nothing but focus on God. Just, just kind of meditate on him. Now, that sounds easy, but it is so much harder than you think. I'll tell you, I, I've tried this and I do it, and when you get back into the habit, it's real rough. You'll start off, you'll be like, okay, uh, God, you are, you are awesome. You know, you're, you're awesome, and I thank you for that. And, and uh, God, you are, you're faithful. Yes, you, you are faithful. You are there for me every day. Every day, you are there for me. And then you begin to kind of look out the window, and you're like, oh my gosh, is, is today the day I need to mow my yard yeah all of a sudden boom you're like oh I blew it so you get back and you start all over again you're like God okay let me do this God you are awesome you are you are faithful God you are always there for me God you are good oh you're so good you are you are good to the last drop <laughs> yeah that's that old is that Folgers commercial that did that go or oh no that was Maxwell's house yeah Maxwell house good to the last drop oh that's it maybe I had to get another cup of coffee and then you're like oh my gosh I gotta start over again the point I'm trying to say it is so easy to lose your focus on God but I, I promise you watch 
how much better you'll feel, how much better you'll sleep if you will just take five minutes at the beginning of your day and sit still and meditate on God. It will change your life. It will change your life. So number one, be still. Number two, number two, wait for God. This is equally hard. Wait for God. Psalm 37, verse 7, the psalmist says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Now let me ask you something. Was my silence a little uncomfortable for you right there? Where you're like, what's going on here, man? Why isn't he talking, right? It's hard to wait for someone to speak to you, right? It's hard. Why? Because we're impatient, right? We're impatient. I don't know about you, but my prayer every day is, God, help me be patient and help me be patient now, (laughs) right? We're just so impatient. But the psalmist says that it is good for us to wait patiently for God. That we need to wait patiently for him to come to us, to speak to us. Look at this. Psalms 130 verse 5 says this. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his words, I put my hope. My soul, I like this picture. My soul waits for the Lord like a watchman waits on the wall in the morning. Now some of you are like, what, what is that about? Back in the Old Testament, they would put guards up on the wall and they would watch the wall at night. And the watchman would have this long shift. And it was very scary because at night you couldn't see things. And the watchman would eagerly and patiently wait for the sun to come up in the morning. That meant it was time to go home and all is good, right? We need to wait for God just like that. You know, people often ask me, how do I hear God's voice? They're like, Pastor Troy, I hear believers say, man, I want to hear God speak to me. How do I hear God's voice? And here's the best advice that I can give you. It's pretty simple. Number one, get up early in the morning. Get up in the morning and find a quiet place to just sit down, okay? Secondly, I want you to say a prayer. Say a prayer. Just say a quick prayer like this. God, would you speak to me today? And then after you say that, open up the Bible and begin to read, Just start reading. And and read until something strikes you. It may happen in the very first verse that you'll read something and and something will jolt in you. Or it might be a full chapter. You'll end up reading a chapter. It might be five chapters. But read until something strikes you. And then when it strikes you, stop and go back and reread it again. And listen to that. And then ask God, what are you trying to show me with this verse? What are you trying to show me right here? What do you want me to know? And then hold that Bible in your hand and be still and wait for God to speak to you. Wait patiently for God to speak to you. Now that's hard, but listen, like a watchman (laughs) who is confident that the sun is going to come up in the morning, you and I can be confident that God will speak to those who wait on him, who patiently wait for him. And here's the thing, when God speaks to you, my friend, your soul will find rest like never before. When you hear God's voice speak to you about the circumstances of your life, about the worries of your life, and he gives you an answer to it, or he gives you a solution to it, or he gives you direction, 
It will energize you. Your soul will feel at rest and feel at peace because you'll know that the God of this universe cares about you. Jesus said this, that man does not live on bread alone, but he lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You and I, our souls desperately long to hear the voice of our creator speaking to us. How do our souls find rest? We be still and we wait for God. And then number three, we reflect on God's goodness. We reflect on God's goodness. I know that so often when I am being still, I am tempted to think about all the things that need to be done. As soon as I just stop my life, all of a sudden this flood comes in, this list of things that need to be done. But wouldn't it be better if instead of thinking of those things, that I meditate on the things that God has already done for me? Wouldn't that be better for my soul rather than worrying about all these things that need to happen and that I want to happen tomorrow and all that, that I stop and think about what God has already done for me to remember his goodness to me. That would be so much better. Psalms 116 verse seven says this, look at this. It says, be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Our souls can find rest when we remember that God has been good to us. In verse 8, he says, For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death. You have brought me salvation. Uh, my eyes, you have, you have helped me avoid tears, and you have helped me avoid my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I've got good things coming my way, he says. Did you catch that? The psalmist is reminding himself of God's goodness in his life. How God saved his soul from death. How God has spared his eyes from tears. And how he has helped his feet from stumbling. I know that when I find myself in a season of restlessness and worry and anxiousness. One of the things I love to do is I like to remind myself of what God has done for me. I like to stop and, and, and quote scripture. And, and remind myself of his promises. Sometimes I like to recite the names of God to remind myself of who he is and on all the wonderful things that he has done for me and how he has forgiven me and how he has removed my sins uh, as far as the east is from the west, that he has cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. I remind myself of this. I remind myself that the old Troy is gone and that a new Troy is rising up in its place. I remind myself that God is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He knows everything that's going to happen. He's got my future in control. He's buried my past. He's with me in the presence and he's got my future in his hands. I love that. He is the one who was and is and is to come. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's in control of everything. And I remind myself that he is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. I don't have to provide for myself. He will take care of me. I remind myself that he is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord who heals me. I remind myself that he is working together in all things to bring good into my life. That he has plans to prosper me, not to harm me. He has plans to bless me, to give me a hope and a future. Do you see what's happening in my soul? Oh my God. When I reflect on God's goodness and his faithfulness, and his promises, suddenly my, my soul begins to relax. My soul begins to kick back in an easy chair and go, you know what, God's got this. Come on, come on. The worries and the fears and the temptations to control and to make things happen slowly begin to melt away in the presence of my good God.
Hmm. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put that on you and, and, and learn from me because I am gentle and I am humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Hmm. I don't know about you, friend, but my soul nowadays needs some rest. It needs some rest. And I'm encouraged to know that God wants to give that to me. I want to take a few moments here to close and to give you time and to give me time to calm our restless souls. The only place we're ever going to find rest is in God. Remember, his yoke is easy. He says, be still and know that I'm God. Wait patiently and I will speak to you and praise him for his goodness. Boy, we do that. Rest is coming our way. Let's take a few moments and let's be still and know that he is God and that he is in control. Let's pray. Father, I know that there's so many people right now who are weary and who are overwhelmed and who are wound up inside their souls. And as we stop here for this moment and we sit before you in this moment of humility, we remind ourselves of this truth. And that is, is that you are God and we are not. And so today, this moment, we put our trust in you. We cast our cares on you. You are good. You have been faithful. You are so kind. And you are powerful. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. And so today, we bring our tired, broken souls to you. And we rest in your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray.